You are listening to the Healing Pact Podcast, a place where women of color come to share their stories and their revelations. I'm talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here, we highlight resilience, as well as validate and normalize real emotions and experiences. We push each other to be our best selves, a beacon of hope and an advocate for change. I am your host, Melina Sadler, licensed clinician, mom of one, and a survivor of childhood sexual assault. It is my mission to get women comfortable talking about their trauma, as I believe sharing our stories can encourage others to speak up and be real about our mental health. As women of color, we need to recognize how our identity plays a role in our past suffering. However, it also equips us with everything that we need to push through the hard stuff. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to keep up with all the new releases of new episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Be well and be encouraged. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healing Pack podcast. This is your host, Melina Sadler, licensed mental health counselor in the state of New York and licensed professional counselor in the state of Connecticut. Today's topic is vicarious trauma. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because I feel a lot of people don't really necessarily know what that is or what it even means. I wanted to bring this up because, as we know, as people of color, we often see different images. Um, We hear about a lot of different experiences happening out there in the world to people that look exactly like us. There's a lot that has been going on in social media with sharing images, sharing people essentially being murdered or harmed in an excruciating way. And A lot of people are doing this in efforts to spread awareness. A lot of people are doing this because they find it interesting. But what I want everyone to realize, coming from a therapist, a lot of us are desensitized to these images. A lot of us are looking at these images as if they are a scene from a movie or a scene from a video game. And a lot of people are not realizing you are watching an actual person who is no longer with us. Watching someone in their last moments is extremely traumatizing. A lot of people are not necessarily taking that in because maybe they're used to watching scary movies or horror or gory movies. And I need you to take a step back and understand that this is not normal for us to be exposed to. And granted, a lot of these issues as it pertains to crime or aspects such as police brutality has been going on for eons. Um, The only difference is it's being recorded now. So, you know, I remember vaguely growing up and hearing about things like police brutality and paying attention to different issues that really brought outrage in the news that caused a lot of people to be in an uproar, to want to fight back, to want answers. And, you know, we never really got those things. I remember being a child and not really understanding what it meant to experience racism or to be treated differently because of the color of my skin. I learned certain things, you know, from my parents, because one thing I can say for sure, my mother always talked to me about was the fact that I'm a black girl that would one day be a black woman. And because I'm on the darker side, 
of those brown shades, people would think certain things about me and may even treat me differently. Um, And I realized that some of these things came from her own experience. And granted, she grew up in the islands when most people look like her. Things like colorism were an issue as well. And things like pointing out the shade of skin and preferences and privileges was something that she had to deal with as a child. And she wanted to ensure that as a child, I understood those things were out there. And on one hand, I understood why she wanted to tell me those things. But on the other hand, it made me a little bit fearful about the interactions that I may have. And, you know, that's something that I've been thinking more about because there's been a lot of talk recently about the fact that as people of color, especially brown and black children, we have to be notified of these things so early on. And it's really difficult because you never want to instill fear in your child about the things that are out there, but also you don't want them to be unprepared. So with all that being said, I wanted to talk a little bit about vicarious trauma because at the end of the day, vicarious trauma is a normal response to ongoing exposure of other people's trauma. A lot of people don't necessarily know what trauma is. I did talk about this a little bit in season one of the Healing Pack podcast. There are things that we would consider big T trauma and little T trauma. And ideally, we all have experienced trauma in some way, shape, or form, or in some sort of capacity. Whether you have what you might consider an irrational fear, it's likely linked to something that happened to you or something you experienced previously in life that you may not even remember because your brain basically filed it away. So being a therapist that deals with a lot of trauma, I often see my clients go through periods of time where they're working through their traumas, they're working through the different symptoms, and as we're working through them, new things are popping up. And we're trying to work to find the root of the cause, to try to figure out, well, what happened to me that gives me this irrational fear or this extreme response? Why am I someone who files these issues away? Why am I someone who can't make sense of the things that are happening to me? Why do I have some days where I just randomly feel sad and nothing changed? Do I have bipolar disorder? Do I have mood swing issues? And nine times out of 10, I would say the answer is no. It literally is the fact that you experience some form of trauma that is unresolved. So when you think about vicarious trauma... I want everyone to understand that it's just as important to focus on because although it may not be your specific trauma impacting you, we can also feel the trauma of others, especially when your brain is trying to make sense of it. For people in the helping profession, a lot of times we are faced with people who are constantly in distress, whether they are children or adults who are experiencing significantly challenging and traumatic experiences in their life. Granted, they're not considered to be normal experiences. When you hear about them, especially all the time, it can impact you negatively and not just the way you think about things, but it can affect your health, your ability to function and overall your personal life, the way you view things, the way you interact with other people. So vicarious trauma obviously is is something that is a response to an act or an event. And honestly, it's it's our way, our brain's way of trying to make sense of things. And that's usually where the symptoms 
come from. So you can have what's considered like an intrusive reaction, which may be dreams and nightmares. Um, How many times have you heard about something and it may not have impacted you directly, but you find yourself thinking about it throughout the day. You find yourself having nightmares about it or dreams that you can't um, understand or even describe. And this might be considered like, you know, obsessive thoughts. So you keep kind of like replaying it almost like a flashback. You might have physiological reactions to it. And this is called re-experiencing it. So it's kind of like it's just turning in your head, turning in your head. You're seeing the image over and over and over and you're trying to make sense of it. And it tends to be overwhelming. So sometimes this can come off as irritability. So when you're working with um, people or interacting with people, you may feel more irritable because you're still trying to figure out what's happening. If you're having dreams and nightmares, you likely aren't sleeping well. So now you have a physical response to this. There's also hyperarousal reactions. So hypervigilance is something that tends to be one of the more common versions of vicarious trauma. So because you were exposed to a specific event or interaction, you are now basically looking over your shoulder. You are the type of person that maybe is jumping at the sound of something loud or unexpected. Although that's normal, you may be a little bit more jumpy than usual. You might have difficulty concentrating. So you may fall asleep or have issues staying asleep, like I said, because of maybe those dreams and nightmares. You might not be doing your best at work because you're fatigued. You're having issues retaining information because you're constantly distracted with the things that you you were exposed to. There are also avoidant reactions, which I like to consider numbing. So this sometimes can be, okay, I'm not going to answer that email because I can't focus on it, or I'm going to avoid a specific area or specific people because maybe you are attributing those types of experiences with certain areas or certain people. And vicarious trauma shares a lot of similarities with things like stress, trauma, uh, burnout, you know, compassion, fatigue. And these are the reasons why I think it's important for everyone to understand what it is, because a lot of times we think that we're just stressed or that we are not getting enough sleep or we're hungry. And realistically, it's like, no, your body is actually responding to something that you were exposed to. And although you may not have experienced it firsthand, the way your brain is trying to process this information is what's causing you to feel distressed or stressed or irritable. So what do you do, right? What do you do when you think about these things? We have to essentially learn to take care of ourselves. So you have to pay attention to your physical health. So that may mean making sure you're going to the doctor regularly. Anytime something feels off and it's lasting, I would say at the very least more than a week, check in with your doctor. We have the option of doing virtual visits now. So if your medical provider is able to do that where you don't physically have to go into the office, but maybe you can just run down some of the things you're noticing and get some advice. And if you have to go in, go in. Make sure you're eating healthy. 
taking care of yourself. Getting sleep is crucial. When you are dealing with sleep deprivation, you are not going to function as your best self. And I know a lot of times we think about times in our past where maybe we didn't need to sleep as much. Like in college, for example, we stayed up late and maybe some of us did all-nighters and were able to kind of function the best the next day. A lot of us are not at that age anymore and we're not capable of surviving and thriving on two to three hours of sleep. A lot of us now are in our careers and our professions, and sometimes our careers and our profession do not allow us to have good work-life balance. So we have to be intentional about that, ensure that we are putting ourselves in a position to take care of ourselves. And we know that there are different levels of taking care of ourselves. So physical is definitely part of that. Exercising can be helpful with that as well having physical connections with people that you love. So whether it's hugs, holding hands, um, you know, even intimacy sexually, these are things that the body needs. So paying close attention to that and ensuring these are things that are happening regularly can definitely make a difference in taking care of your physical health. When it comes to psychological, you can do things like go to therapy. You can have someone who is objective that understands your experience. And as a person of color, I definitely recommend working with someone who is a person of color that can have a certain level of understanding of what you're going through, especially when it comes to the images and the videos that we see on social media. You may not necessarily be able to go to someone who is not a person of color and have them understand what it feels like to see images like this all the time. And I think the reason why a lot of these images hurt us is not only because it's inhumane behavior, it's because a lot of us are seeing ourselves, our brothers and our sisters, our children, our parents, and a lot of these people who are feeling distressed. And when you can put yourself in the shoes of the person who essentially is dying and being murdered right in front of your eyes, how does that not impact you? You know, I think it's easy for a lot of people who are not of color to say, that's an unfortunate situation. I'm sorry you feel that way. Or I'm sorry that this is an issue. And maybe they do take some accountability as far as understanding that there is a bigger issue systematically at play here. But it doesn't always feel the most comforting to hear it from someone who's not of your culture or your race. And I can attest to that as a black therapist that I have watched many of my clients go through the motions with different situations, such as the George Floyd incident. I remember having a therapy session when the conviction of the police officer um, was being held. And I remember going through the motions with my client at the time because she was severely anxious as to whether this person was going to be convicted or not. And I had to hold space for her in that moment because she was literally jittery. She wasn't a black woman. She was an Asian American woman. However, she felt the pain just as much. And this was something that she enjoyed doing when it comes to diversity and equity and inclusion. She was very big on making sure people understood the systems at play and what people deserve, especially people of color. Taking time for self-reflection is another way to take care of yourself psychologically. Giving yourself time to hold space for yourself and not just other people is extremely important. Being able to take time to kind of 
take the things that are kind of like circling around in your brain and putting it down on paper or journaling or just taking time to kind of talk through how your day went, how your week went, what are some great things that happened to you this week, what are some things you're looking forward to, can really pick up your mood. So having like a journal, taking time to meditate, just doing things that maybe make you feel like you're creative is definitely helpful. Another thing you can do is join a support group. There are different types of groups out there. If you're not willing to go to something in person, there are definitely Facebook groups for different things that might impact you. Emotionally taking care of yourself might mean just practicing self-love, giving yourself grace, taking time to reflect on yourself and to make sure that you are doing everything you need to do for yourself in any given moment is extremely important. Sometimes that means putting yourself in a position to be in good company, putting yourself in a position to laugh, crying if you need to. A lot of people of color don't like to cry and I know we cry. We cry all the time. We don't like people to see us cry. We associate it with weakness. Sometimes you just have to release it. I always tell my clients, whatever emotion you are experiencing, let your body have that experience. I'm not big on the sulking around for days at a time, but give yourself time and space to go through whatever it is you have to go through in that moment because by you refraining from tapping into your body's natural reaction, you are doing yourself a disservice. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to laugh, laugh. If you need to scream, scream. If you need to throw something and there's nobody in the room, By all means, go for it. If there's somebody in the room, don't do that. Don't do that. You might hurt them. But there are a lot of different ways that you can express yourself. There are a lot of different ways that you can experience different forms of outlets. Be creative. Figure it out. You know, if you have a pet or something and you like spending time with your pet, do that. If there's a new hobby or something you want to look into, do that. Be a part of the community. There are so many different groups out there, so many different organizations, so many different things that you can be a membership of. Do that. For those that are spiritual, you can spend time outside in nature. You can connect with your community, whether it's your church home, uh, church group. You can fellowship, you know, whether it's singing or dancing, volunteering and working with the community, and also thinking about forgiveness. That <laughs> is not funny, but forgiveness is something that I feel like people of color struggle with a lot of times. You know, I hear a lot of times people will talk about like forgiveness and like I can forgive, but I won't forget. And it's like the power that you are giving to that specific act or even that specific person is really weighing on you. It is really weighing on you. So depending on what you may have been exposed to, whether firsthand or secondhand, sometimes we do have to practice forgiveness. Sometimes we do have to think about what it means to release it because releasing things will really be your saving grace. We cannot sit here and put ourselves in a predicament to hold on to grudges, to hold on to things that have happened to us for years and years on end while other people get to just frolic around and live their life normally. What is that doing to you? Like really think about how you're benefiting from holding on to something and not giving yourself the space to release it and move on. You're not doing yourself any justice at all.
When you think about some of your personal goals, you can set goals. You can spend more time with family and friends. You can read books that can give you more information on how to better take care of yourself, how to make time for yourself, how you can have more work-life balance. A lot of us don't have that. So taking the time to kind of decrease these symptoms when you are exposed to trauma is really helpful. Reflecting on who you are is really helpful. Taking breaks, taking days off, and sometimes taking a mental health day. We don't talk about that a lot, especially in the BIPOC community, but sometimes you need to take off from work. Sometimes you just need to be able to block everyone out and just sit with yourself and your thoughts. But what I realized as a therapist of color, a lot of people are not comfortable being by themselves. A lot of people are not comfortable sitting with their own thoughts, so they avoid it. And for those that don't avoid it, they feel like they need something to fill that void. So they usually turn to things like maladaptive behaviors such as drinking or smoking or Engaging themselves in impulsive behaviors that usually have severe consequences because it gives them something to focus on. And sometimes it's a reflection of how you truly feel about yourself. Because if you're going to drink yourself into a coma and you're going to dabble with substances or you're going to put yourself in a predicament to end up in jail, that is a reflection of how you feel about yourself. That is telling me that you do not love yourself enough to take care of yourself or to get the help that you need. And I know systematically there's a lot there. There's a lot of beliefs and a lot of preconceived notions as to why you can't ask for help because maybe in the past you were told that you were weak if you asked for help or maybe people laughed at you and, you know, those things can be just as traumatic. So it basically stopped you from doing it. So you found other ways that just aren't helpful or healthy and, we need to spend more time thinking about that. And I, I feel like this is something that we need to talk more about because people need to know that there are other options. There are healthy options. They don't always give you the instant gratification you may be looking for, but they do help. Things like therapy are not a one and done fix all. Therapy could take years for you. Therapy could take a couple weeks or a couple months. It really all depends on what you're dealing with. But the commitment to the process of change is what you need to focus on. And however long that takes, it takes. Do not put a time stamp on it. Learn to say no when people come to you with things that you don't really want to do. A lot of us are saying yes to things that we really want to say no to because we are worried about that other person's reaction or their experience with it. And that is not your problem. If you're constantly saying yes, where is room for you? That person has no problem asking you. So why can you not put yourself in a predicament to say no? We have to say no. And it needs to be no full stop not know with an explanation. Just say no. Setting those boundaries is important. Doing more things for yourself, putting yourself first is not something a lot of us know how to do, but we have to do it in order to thrive, especially when we're exposed to trauma and we're exposed to a lot of things that pop up on a regular basis. And we're seeing these things online. We're seeing these things in our own communities. We're hearing about them. 
you have to put yourself first. You have to set those boundaries. You have to be able to reflect. You have to be able to experience the emotion when it comes and understand that it is not abnormal to feel the way that you do. And if you feel for some reason it is abnormal, go get help. The help is out there. Access to mental health can be tricky at times, but there are people out there that are willing to help you, refer you, whatever they have to do. There's so many directories now that can help you filter out what type of person you're looking for. Take the time to look it up. The same way y'all be on Google looking up everything else, take time to look up what it means to find adequate mental health care or physical care, medical care, any type of care you need, any type of book you feel like you need. If you don't like to read, there are audiobooks. You can listen to them now. There's so many options. Stop taking time to expose yourself to negative behaviors that are draining you and your spirit and take that same time and energy and put it into something that is healthy, that can feed your spirit and give you abundance in life in multiple areas of your life. You will feel like a brand new person. You will feel like a better person. I guarantee you that. And that is all for today. I will see you all Next week for another episode of the Healing Pack podcast, follow me at Cultivated Truth on Instagram. And if you're interested in being a podcast guest, just click the link in my bio, fill out the Google Doc form, and I'll be in touch with setting up a potential date for us to complete your interview. Be well, be encouraged, have a great rest of your week.